0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Living Out Loud with Allie and Amanda podcast. My name is Amanda. The Living Out Loud show is where we invite a different guest each week. We give our guests the opportunity to share her story. Our hope is that their story will encourage you in some way. My name is Allie and I want to say thank you
1: to our awesome listeners for letting us into your lives each month. So grab your
0: coffee or favorite beverage and let's get started. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today to you, Allie, and all of our listeners. This is one of my most precious hometown friends from West Monroe, Louisiana. Her name is Stacy Morse. Actually, it's Dr. Stacy Morse. It used to be Stacy Conville, which I am so much more familiar with. Um, but she got married last summer, which we're going to hear about uh, more of. So, thank you, Stacy, for being here with us today.
1: Thank you for having me,
0: especially such short notice. You are awesome. <laughs>
1: Skinny Tom. God's timing is best.
0: <laughs> that is right. And okay. To you, our listeners, the cool story about this is we had someone else booked to record today. We've had them booked for a couple of months or a month and something happened. We rescheduled that person. We're so excited that, that person will be coming on in a couple of months, but From the very first, before we started the podcast, I remember telling Allie about my friend Stacy and that we had to have her on. I knew that she was a person that God wanted us to have on to share her story. And I remember approaching you one time and it just wasn't a good time. And we'll talk about that later because I want to share something funny that you said when I did ask you and you couldn't. But um, so we've just had her on our list and just praying about God's timing and so yesterday, when that happened, and we had to reschedule our other guest, I kept seeing Stacy's um, post that I had read that morning, and I knew that God wanted her to be on here today. So I asked her, it was short notice, and I'm just so, so thankful that you agreed to come on today. So thank you for that. When I think of Stacy, though, before I let her share her story, or we ask her questions, there are so many awesome things that I could say about her, but two words that I think of to describe you, Stacy, is generous. You are one of the most generous people that I know and a woman of great faith. And so those are the things that I think of. There's so many other things and we'll talk about more about that, but that's what I think of when I think of you. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. Well, it's um, so true.
1: Um, and thank you for letting me come. And yes, we have tried to do this since you started this, um, but things have come up or my story has changed and we always tried to figure out what my story was supposed to be. Um, and then I'd hear the other ladies that you brought on like, oh, well, that's a part of my story Well, they don't need to know that anymore and things like that. So I was just waiting for God's timing and his timing usually is never late, but, um, isn't what we think it is like calling me less than 24 hours before I'm on your podcast <laughs> Not necessarily what I was thinking but I mean our story is his story he writes our story so what is going to come out of this story is what he wants to hear so or he wants what he wants to be told so I guess it doesn't matter how much preparation we have other than we're prayed up and whatever God wants out of this he will get out of this
0: that's right. And I don't want to give um, anything away, but just like I always say, we always have, we all have different chapters to our story that make our one big story. And I think of so many chapters to your story. Oh. And I mean, just so many things that I know encourages me and can encourage our listeners. I think of just when you were single for a long time and just what God taught you in that, you know. Um, You're a doctor and just God bringing your husband and his time and um, different things that I know you're going to want to talk about. So we're just going to let you share and then we'll just ask you questions when we feel led. So, hey,
1: sounds good. We hope the Lord makes everything line up in a way that's clear to everybody. Um, Well, I think my story is one of God's faithfulness and sovereignty, um, how he calls us to trust him without reservation. Um, how his plan for us is so much more than we could have ever imagined. Um, I mean, I grew up in a church, um, but it wasn't until high school that I met you, Amanda, and your sister um, invited me to your church and that I chose to follow Christ and trust his word and his plan for me um, because I had made foolish mistakes like all high school kids do and choices before that point in regards to like dating and relationships. So as a part of that letting Christ be in full control of my life, um, and all that he had for me, I agreed to not settle for anything less than his best for me. Um, so from there, I went to college at Louisiana Tech University with a, as a new Christian. And actually with no major, I just knew that God wanted me to go to Louisiana Tech. Um, and so I got there, I got involved in a campus ministry, and I really matured in my faith and my walk with Christ. Um, and I learned to trust him and the little things, just getting through school and what he wanted me to do with my life. Um, I felt called to missions um, through that ministry and serving on the mission field in the summer and through short-term mission trips. Um, So as a sophomore at Louisiana Tech, they make you declare a major. So I met with my advisor, and I was like, hey, I just want to be a missionary. I need a degree so I can go to seminary. Um, And God, because God is God, he gave me an advisor that was wise. And she said, you know, you make good grades. um, Why don't you do medical missions? Why don't you go to medical school? And you would be even more versatile as a missionary, as a physician. So I was like, okay, this is God's will. Let's do this. Um, so during that time, I continued to seek his will and grow and surround myself with friends and mentors that wanted God's best for their lives and wanted God's best for me as well. Um, so I graduated from tech and I got into LSG medical school. Um, and so I went on to medical school again. I never dreamed about being a doctor, never even crossed my mind, but just walk in that step of faith, that path of faith with God to focus on him and follow his plan. These are the doors he opened up for me. So you just take that step. You don't know how it's going to turn out, but you know, God's God. He's got me. And so here we go. So I go to medical school, um, and I'd steal the whole dating thing and being single, Um, I hadn't dated anyone in college because I was totally focused on, you know, what is God doing right now and learning what he wanted for me and a spouse and all that stuff. Um, So I was praying for my spouse, like someday I'm going to have a husband. Um, And I think it was probably my second year of med school when God was like, you know, Stacey, that even that dream, you made that an idol. You put that first and that's hindering what I want to do in your life. like okay and he said you know you have to be satisfied and content with me as your only your everything even if I have no husband no family none of that in your future you have to know that I'm good and I want what's best for you and I'm enough and so again just like everything else okay so let go of that dream and let's see what God's dream is for me because his dream is so much better than we can dream for ourselves um which was a pivotal point in my life because around that time I started having these non-specific neurological symptoms. Um, didn't really know what they were. They weren't enough to be diagnosed by a doctor. But you know, I'm a second-year med student now, so we every disease we learn about, we're like, "Oh, I have some of those symptoms. Maybe yeah. I have that." <laughs> um, so you're freaking out about these things, and so probably two months into these come and go symptoms, I started wondering about. Multiple multiple sclerosis or MS, um, which again, it's just one of the many diseases we learned learned about. So I was like, surely that's not what I have, but it kind of fit the picture. Um, so I saw the doctors, or whatever, and I, I really didn't have any symptoms that they could really diagnose at that point. Um, so during that period, I just I didn't talk to anybody else because you don't want everybody else freaking out with you. Um, so it was just me and God, and I prayed about it and I poured myself into His Word, um, and For a six-month period it was just me and God and he's by the time I got to the diagnosis I was confident that no matter what it was no matter the outcome God had me um and he knew that this was going to be a part of his story for me when he knit me together in my mother's womb before I was born um so that that's the thing with God's will things catch us off guard and we don't know what to do with it and how can this happen but nothing catches God off guard he knew when he made me, when he made Stacy, that MS was going to be a part of his story in my life that was going to bring him glory. So just having that confidence at that point, knowing, okay, God's got this. He's not caught off guard. He has a plan for this. And that gave me comfort and confidence um, in the whole process. Now, my friends and family weren't there yet because they didn't have this little sweet six-month period with God that I had. Mm-hmm. Um but even with that, God was able to use me to encourage them and tell them that God's got this. He's got this. This is all part of his perfect plan. Um, so that's when the MS story kind of started. Um, and at that point, um, I went on and finished med school. Had no problem there. I did have some flare-ups with the MS. Um, but God got me through med school. That was part of his plan to get me on. Um, and he moved me on to residency. And. Um, And I did a residency in family medicine because I thought that would give me a broad scope of practice to go on the mission field someday. Um, I had actually dated a guy during that time in med school and residency. It was a Christian, but it wasn't that godly relationship that God wanted for me. Um, And so he took that away. Um, And I thanked him for that because that was keeping me from him, keeping me from God in that um, security and satisfaction and just that relationship where God was my everything and he was enough. And I missed that because I'd let this other relationship interfere with that. Um, and at that point I had a conversation with God again. We have lots of these conversations over (laughs) my life. Um, and I was like, okay, God, I don't want you to let a guy get anywhere near me. I don't want to date anyone unless I can do so and still keep you first, still keep you as my first love still have this security, contentment, satisfaction that I have when it's just me and you. So if I can't have somebody in my life and still keep that, I don't want it. So God <laughs> answered that prayer, um, which was fine because God was my satisfaction. Um, so so for the next 10 years, he was my everything. Um, my MS continued to be very active. It's never been stable at all. Um, every MRI shows new lesions, showed progression. Um, I would have to change medicines every time I'd get an MRI because they're like, okay, it's not working. What's next? Until I ran out of medicines. Like there were no other medicines that I hadn't tried yet. Um, So during that time, now God is not only my husband. He's my caregiver, my provider. Um, You know, living with a chronic illness, you have a caregiver usually, either family or a husband or spouse. Um, And I didn't have that. I had God. He was it. I continued to live on my own. Um, I became wheelchair bound, um, but I was still able to live on my own. I started driving with hand controls. Um, It was, he was still enough. He was still the one that was there for me. And life events that when you're young, you dream about, like buying a new home and changing jobs and moving to a new place, all those decisions you think you'll be making with a spouse by your side, that was me and God. He was the one that led me to this job, led me to this contract led me everywhere um he was my leader um and so because he promised to be more than enough and he was more than enough during that whole time um sorry um so thankfully even though I became physically dependent on wheelchairs and all those kind of things I was still able to live independently and continue to work full-time as a physician during that whole time Um, I was doing some mission work because that still was my passion even though if this, you know, how many years it had been, 15 years since that first calling. Um, it was still my passion, but I'm, my last mission trip was probably in 2008, and I took a wheelchair hoping that would help, but the weather was so bad and the hours were so long. I came back from that, and I had a horrible MS flare-up, so God was like, okay, hey, not right now. This international missions thing is not for you right now. Which again, that's okay because this is God's story, not my story. Um, so, so then my passions changed somewhat. I mean, I started. I still was involved in missions. I started sponsoring kids overseas, and Amanda will tell you I have a, a whole uh, seven, eight kids. Um, oh my goodness! I
0: love it. Yes, my your Chris, my Chris. I love getting your Christmas card because it's like all of her children that she sponsors. It's like. <laughs> I mean how many do you have?
1: Um, I'm probably at seven now. Um who knew? But these organizations at times they will take your child away, not because you're an unfit mother, but the, the kid moves out of the area of ministry or there's a family member that's able to take over their care or something. So different things happen. Or yeah. the ministry um completes their work there and then they move out of the area. So so I've had kids taken away from me. That's why I say I think I've got seven because they just took another one away. Um but yeah, from they're in Zambia and Cambodia. Um I had one in India, but that was the one that just got taken away. Um and also support um another organization called Exile International, which are um, former child soldiers um for those affected by the war in Uganda and the Congo. Um, and they take these child soldiers or people that have watch their parents get killed in front of them and restore them and rehab them and teach them about God's love and that God is the God of peace and wants to use them, not in that war situation. So I do have a child in that situation.
0: What a great ministry Mm -hmm. that is. That's awesome.
1: So there's several ministries like that. So I still have my hands in the missions. Um, And also another passion that, that has come out of this period of not being on the mission field, so to speak, like I thought it was, Is just for human trafficking ministries and um, getting involved there and supporting those that are helping rescue these girls and restoring these um, victims and survivors, Um, which that's always been a passion of mine too, just reaching out and loving women, young women, so that they know that God is enough. His love is what satisfies us, and it's not all these things in the world that we try to meet that longing. Um he's gonna meet that longing.
0: Yes, and I I don't want to interrupt you because I know you are you're, you're on a great role of but I just keep thinking about like exactly what you're saying to young women and to women in general, um, who are our listeners. I love that you're sharing about this and what God has been to you because I was thinking about when you were how many years? Ten years did you say that um, you we're living by yourself in a wheelchair and how it was just you and God. Most people have a husband or a caretaker. And through all of that, you know, so many times we can have fear of like, we have to have someone. And your, this, your story is such a great example of just how God is enough. He will take care of all of your needs. And right. you did, Yes. I just love that because you are a living example of that and that you're here to talk about it.
1: Right. That's, that's, that's my passion. Cause I want, women. I mean, men too, but I mean, obviously my, my experience has been as a woman. Um, that's what I want women to know. And, um, and I get to do that with my patients. I have patients. That's also a mission field. You know, you come in and patients will hurt and those kind of things in their life that because they tried to find that satisfaction and security in a person or something else. And obviously anything less than Christ disappoints. Um, And so I try to, you know, get them before they get into that horrible relationship or before, I mean, they end up in trafficking. I mean, that's trafficking happens everywhere. And it's not just someone that's snatched up off, you know, kidnapped or something. It's people that get into dangerous relationships that they find out is not what they thought it was. Um, So that's what I try to invest in young women like discipling and Bible studies so that I can you know share that God is enough and say look I've lived this he's enough you don't need that guy or that job or this you know American dream God is enough and whatever his plan is may not look like what you think your plan for your own life is but his plan is better and um so that's my passion of sharing that
0: with I love that because you know like you're saying he is enough and also one of the things that I just, the same thing is that I always say to women that He is our provider. He is your provider. You know, a lot of times women will want, they'll, they'll have a fear of not having someone to take care of them, but also just thinking they need them financially or just all of these things. And, and He is the one that provides, and we have to trust that. And so, yeah.
1: And I think it was probably,
0: hmm,
1: maybe five years ago, maybe I was right, 35. Um, that I was just, you know, looking at my life and looking at all that God had done and all the things he had my hands in, basically, and the ministries I was able to do. Um, again, just with him being my husband, it, that's it. Um, and I was like, you know what? I really don't think marriage is God's plan for me. That's not a part of his plan for me. I see how he's, and he might not even heal me of the MS because I see how he's using the MS. I see how he's using the fact that I'm single um, and trusting him. And I see him working and I see him getting glory from the fact that I'm not married, that I am still living with a chronic illness, et cetera. Um, so I was like, I'm probably not getting married. And that was okay. Um, so about two years ago, um, I would had been working at a clinic owned by a hospital um, and they decided for whatever reason, money or whatever, they decided to close all their outpatient clinics. Um, so that left me without a job. And so again God's take me from job to job and city to city there's always a city or job waiting for me when a job goes ends. um and God was telling me in my prayer time around that time you know Stacy, you you're not gonna have a job for a little while I'm like oh okay so I'm thinking you know one two three months maybe um but okay so we're gonna wait for God um But during that time, I was able to rest. I wasn't under the stress of working all the time and the stress of being on call and all these things that I'd been since I was diagnosed with MS in 2000. That's all that's the life i would known. So with MS, rest is a huge part of getting better and staying in remission. Um, And I'd never had that. I mean, I'm a physician. That's a high stress job. Um, It's not the best job for someone with MS. Um, But that's where God had me. So. For the first time, I was able to rest and not just dose up on caffeine to get to the next patient or get to the next responsibility. And I got to rest. If I was tired, I rested. Um, And so God really healed me, started healing me as I was off work. Um, And a new medicine was approved by the FDA. Um, And so after my worst exacerbation, I had to live with my sister for about six weeks um, because I, I couldn't live independently but I didn't have a job. So it wasn't like I had a canceled clinic. So it really was again, God's timing, um, at that point. And so I lived with her for about six weeks and the flare up ended and I was able to get stronger and move back home. But during that time, a new medicine was approved by the FDA. So I got to be on a new medicine. So I've been on that new medicine. I was on it for a year. Um, still no job and still resting. So it was the perfect setup for healing. Um, but then, out of nowhere, God's plan was for um, a woman that I would met at church once. Um, she contacted me. She's like, hey, I really wanted to fix you up with my brother-in-law. And so, again, I'm like, <laughs> like okay. And I'm praying about it. I mean, I, it's not like I turned down, like I avoided dating. It was just that wasn't my focus. I was focused on Christ and what he was doing in my life. And that was just, oh, yeah, I'm still not married. and I'm 35, so I'm not getting married. Um, and then now it's five years later and someone wants to fix me up. And so I was like, okay. And I did. I prayed because, like, God, you remember my deal. Don't let anybody in my life that's going to mess up what we have going here. Um, and every time I would pray, God would, be, would say, you know, just enjoy the gift. Just relax, Stacey. Like, okay. So um, so I, we talked. Um, my husband's name is Andrew. So we had talked on the phone for about three weeks before we even met. Um, So, and we're older. I mean, I was, I guess I was 39 at that point and he um, was 40, 41. Um, So we weren't, we were talking serious stuff. I mean, it was all about what Christ was doing in our lives and what we wanted. There's none of that awkward stuff that you have when you're in your twenties and you're Worried about what the other person thinks of you, or you're worried about that you know. It wasn't any of that. We're old, um, so <laughs> parents, it was it was a good three weeks of just getting to know each other before we ever met. Um, and so I'm thinking we had only been it was like six weeks, maybe, from that first phone call that he told me he loved me, um, and again had that conversation with God. Are you sure, Lord? Because I you, I don't. This is totally off my plan.
0: Um,
1: every time he would just say, just enjoy the gift. And he reminded me back when, after high school, right before I went to college, when I was trying to date as God wanted me to date, I had made a list of all these, um, Christ-like godly characteristics I would want in a future spouse. There was no physical or no, any of that stuff. It was just, I want a man who reflects Christ in everything he does, who I know is walking with Christ by just meeting him and talking to him a few times, not because I said, "Hey, are you a Christian?" But someone that just shows Christ in his actions, in his demeanor, and stuff, and someone who's learned humility. So well, they were they were godly characteristics. It wasn't just a list of I want dark hair. Um, <laughs> so this list that I and I had committed to God. I was like, "Okay, I'm going to wait for this man to come along before I, you know." go into that realm and this was a list I made in like I said I'm old 1994 in August of 1994 so I pulled it out and I hadn't looked at that list forever nobody had ever met any of those lofty goals and he met every single one of them and I was like okay so through that and God just telling me to relax and enjoy what he's given me I was like okay so this is it this is what you want from me Um, so we got engaged soon after that um, and we started planning a wedding Um, and in that I I wanted my wedding to glorify God I wanted it to be God's story because we didn't go looking for each other this was not something that we planned I was supposed to be married back in my 20s according to my plan so I wanted the I wanted the wedding to be a worship service I wanted it to be giving God glory for what he did that had nothing to do with me or my husband um, or anything we had done or didn't do in our lives. It was just God's grace and God's sovereign plan for us. Um, but the other thing that we started praying was like, I want to walk down the aisle. I don't, I don't want to roll down the aisle. I want to walk down the aisle. Um, and so when Andrew was praying about our wedding one time, God told him, don't worry, Andrew, I'm going to give her the wedding of her dreams. And so I was like, well, okay. That sounds like a word of God from me, um, God to me, um, in the wedding of my dreams, I'm walking down the aisle. Um, so we, I was doing physical therapy at that point, And because I was, um, resting and stuff, I was getting stronger. Um, so it seemed like, okay, this is definitely going to happen. And then a month before my wedding, I started getting side effects from the, my new medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't stand, I couldn't walk. Um, it would My whole body just went berserk. It just was nothing that it had been the whole time i had been resting. And so I was like, okay, but God said the wedding, my dream, so it's gonna happen. Um, part of that, those side effects was that it dropped my platelets um, to nothing. Platelets cause your blood to clot. So I started getting spontaneous bruises and red dots all over me. Um, and I had to go to the hospital probably about three weeks before my wedding and fix that so again we're still okay I'm trying to I'm still not able to walk really but we're still believing God that I'm going to walk down that aisle um and so the week of my wedding um those spots started coming back and my nose started bleeding and that spontaneous bleeding things started happening and so I had my freak out moment I'm like my wedding is in three days I can't be doing this can't be happening um, but again, I still had that promise.
0: You Wait, text no. me, remember I texted to check on you and you were like telling me exactly that. I think it was three days before you're just like, yeah, keep yeah go on, I keep going. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um,
1: right. And so I was like, okay, so I'm back in the hospital three days before my wedding. Um, so we're getting the blood counts up and all that stuff. And I get discharged. I make it home from the hospital an hour before my rehearsal. Um, so I show up, and again, I've been in the hospital, so I'm weak. I'm not ready to run down the aisle, but okay, we're going. So we go to the rehearsal and um, with my spotted self, and I walk three steps maybe, and then I have to roll down the aisle. And so, I mean, my rehearsal was really a rehearsal because we didn't know how it was going to happen. Um, and so we had chairs at the altar that I, I would sit at, during the worship part that we wanted to have before the actual vows. But I wanted to stand up for my vows and for the ring exchange and all that stuff. Um, that was the plan. So we didn't really rehearse all of that because we were trying to save my energy that night. And so everybody, my wedding planner, um, the videographer, everyone's like, so what's plan B? Do we need to make prepare for a wheelchair part? Or what's plan B if she's not able to take more than two steps? And I, I was like, there's no plan B. God promised me the wedding, my dreams. He did not promise me the rehearsal of my dreams. He promised me the wedding. So, less than 24 hours from now, I will be walking down this aisle. Um, and my sis- everybody else probably thought we were crazy, but my sister and my family knew me, and they knew what knew my walk and what when I said God's going to do this, He does it. I mean, if He tells you He's going to do it, He's going to do it, even if all the circumstances are to the contrary. Um, and so they're like, there is no plan B. If there's a plan B, God will come up with plan B tomorrow. But so going as- back,
0: going back to the very beginning, when I said, she's a woman of great faith, that is exactly what I mean. Yes. Like <laughs> you believed it. And so we all were believing it, that it was going to
1: happen. <laughs> there? Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: It was, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to give it away. And then I want to okay. say something after you get, yeah. yeah.
1: Right. And I had texted Amanda and I had, all my friends and my prayer partners knew that this is what I'm praying for. And they have been praying for it the whole time, but you know, they didn't expect these little hiccups in the road to happen right before the wedding. Um, So that was, that was the um, testimony. That was the thing. God's going to do this. And so I went to bed that night and I'm, I didn't know if I was going to wake up and be suddenly able to walk better than I've ever walked or I was going to be suddenly healed from MS. I didn't know because God's God, you never know what's going to happen. But, um, so I did get ready and I have part of my wedding book has the pictures of my putting the concealer on all my spots. So it wouldn't be red spotted because that's part of the story that God took me from that the day before, and he was going to give me this wedding. So I didn't want to not include that part in the wedding book because I wanted it to be, you know, just a testimony of God's power and his grace. Um, so I get, I took off my shoes because I figured that was making it harder for me to walk down the aisle the day before. So I took off my shoes and I made it um, probably a couple of steps before my wedding dress got caught under my feet because it was perfectly altered to fit with shoes on, not barefoot. So I was stepping on my um, dress and so my mom came up and pulled up the other side. So I had one side pulled up with the uh, man that was escorting me down the aisle my mom came up and pulled up the other side and once she pulled up that side I headed on down the the way all the way to the altar um and the song that I chose to be my bridal march song was good good father because that's was the story he was my father he was the one that brought me to this place and he was the one that enabled me to walk down this aisle that I knew was going to happen because he told me it was going to happen and so I make it down I didn't even, I don't know if I realized this when it was going on, but i watched the video. Everybody claps when I make it to the uh, front of the. Oh uh,
0: yes, Stacey, I have to say something because, like, seriously, the anticipation of that moment of you walk, like, just them opening the doors. Because I had gone to see you in the bridal room, and I knew, like, we're this is going to happen today. And you're like, just keep praying. I mean, she's still struggling at that point, you know, with all of that, but knowing that God is going to answer. So we get back in there and we're talking, we're just like, you know, we're anticipating this moment. We know and believe, but at the same time, you're like, what what's gonna happen? And Mm so when you walk down, when they open the door, first of all, you look gorgeous. And when you walk down there, there was not a dry eye. Oh gosh. Like I I could cry thinking about it. it. It was beautiful. Like it was the best thing in the world. I mean, it was amazing just to see God's promise be fulfilled in that moment so yeah that was my side of it so you can go ahead it's making me want to look at your wedding pictures now we will have to show the wedding (laughs) pictures yes
1: sure Um, yeah the only complaint I got from anybody was like why didn't you have tissues I was like you put tissues on the aisle for a funeral. This was a wedding. I didn't <laughs> tissues for people. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we walked down and I, we had chairs down there. So we sat during the worship. We had a couple of worship songs that we wanted to sing. And then I was able to stand up for my vows, ring exchange. Um, but then now it's been about, I don't know, five, six, ten minutes. I don't know how long all that took on my feet. And now it's time to walk out. So kiss the bride. Yay. Mr. and Mrs. and then it's time to walk out so um so I take a couple of steps but there's nobody on the other side of me my husband's on one side of me there's nobody on the other side to hold my dress up um and so I just look at him and he picks me up and just sweeps me off my feet literally and carries me out
0: yeah I I cried I cried (laughs) that was so sweet oh my gosh it was beautiful (laughs) oh my gosh Wow. I mean, it was
1: pretty also awesome, awesome because, of course, it's my wedding, but also just that—that that was just another example of my faith becoming sight. It's like God said He was going to do this, and look, He did it.
0: Yeah, so it just, I wish we could uh, show that part of the video. Like, I, I wish we had a video of that. Yeah. There.
1: there was there was a one of my friends had videoed it on her phone, um, so it was on Facebook way yeah. back in the day. And yeah, so. And then exactly. y'all danced at the reception. and then that was the other thing I wanted to dance because this is my dream wedding. So I did my, we did our first dance together, um and it went off, and I didn't fall, and all was well, and he dipped me, and oh. man, that was, it was just an awesome day and just an awesome example of God's faithfulness and that He always does what He says He's going to do, and even when it looks like there is no possible way. Um, And that everybody, even your Christian godly friends and family say, are you sure? Yes, he's still got you and he's still going to do what he says he's going to do. So that was just my, that was just that example. Um, And then I went on a honeymoon and other than having to go to a a lab in Oregon um, to get my labs checked for my doctor, it was perfect honeymoon. So um, everything went off great and it was just God the culmination of God's promise. Um, even though I didn't think that was going to happen at all. Um, God's plan. We're not going to miss God's plan if we're walking with him and focused on him. Cause people told me, Oh, you need to put yourself out there. You need to get on online dating. You need, No, if you're walking with Christ and doing what he wants you to do right now, you're not going to miss it. Like when he brought in guy that, you know, I think Andrew moved back to Ruston where I live now three years ago. I mean, so God orchestrated all that stuff and I didn't have to do anything, but stay focused on God and do what he told me to do, um, for that to happen. So, um, so that's the wedding story and the culmination of waiting for God. Um, but it was weird because I was so used to being single and content and this is my story and this is my, Platform and I just want to tell everybody this, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm married now, so now I have a new story. But the story still is saying God's sufficient regardless because even if you wait for that husband, you wait for the XYZ to happen, that can be taken away in the heartbeat. God in Christ and your relationship with Christ is the only thing that will never go away, that would never be taken away from you. So that's why He wants us to put our faith and trust in Him because all these gifts are wonderful. My husband is wonderful. But my husband can be taken away, and he's never going to satisfy the needs and the contentment and the security that God satisfies. Um, so
0: that is, um, I love that message. Thank you. What a you. beautiful story! Oh, I mean, it's gorgeous. I love it. And I just want to thank you for your faith because it has encouraged me and so many friends. Um, and thank you for sharing that with our listeners today. There's so much I could say about you, Stacy. And I know you have more of your story. I know we're running out of time but, um, that you could share, but I just want to thank you for that. Your encouragement, your faith, um, your generosity, you guys, Stacy has loved me, encouraged me. And she is, um, one of the people who have helped and donated to help my songs come reality because she believed in what God was doing in that. And so I just am so grateful for her friendship and her love and her encouragement and her faith, faithfulness to the Lord.
1: Thank you very much. and You are so welcome. Um, and of note, after all the wedding, all that stuff, I did get another MRI and my MS is in remission. I know, it's not progressing. That was the first normal MRI I've had since 2000. Um, and so God just keeps lavishing me with blessings and blessings and blessings. And, um, and I waited for that job. I didn't look for the job. And then now God has brought me a job. Which is part time, less stress, less time. And it's his perfect job and his perfect timing because he said he would do that while arrested. And he did.
0: That is all incredible. And I'm just so thankful of how God is blessing you. And um, we're going to continue to pray for you, continue to pray that God would continue for full healing and his will in your life.